Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Brandon Davis over Zoom video. Brandon was born and raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he talks about how he got into music. His grandparents were uh, singer-songwriters, they're gospel singer-songwriters, and then his dad is a singer-songwriter in the country gospel world. His dad tried to teach him guitar at a very early age. I think he was around 11 years old, but he was way into baseball and just being active outside, so it was hard uh, for his dad to keep Brandon kind of occupied in front of the guitar. In high school, he ended up having to take a fine arts course, and guitar was one of the classes he could take, so he ended up uh, taking the guitar class and just falling in love with it from there. He'd always written songs, had voice memos of songs that he had written, and he would ask his dad to put chords to these songs. So he's still got these old recordings of him from like eighth grade on, writing melodies and lyrics, and then having his dad just put the chords together to it. Brandon went to college for baseball, ended up tearing uh, his rotator cuff, I believe, uh, ended up not being able to continue playing baseball, but graduated college, got a good job, ended up getting married, had kids, and music was always just kind of something he enjoyed doing, would play locally with his dad and cousins and brothers, and they would do local shows around Chattanooga. But in 2019, he was in a huge car accident, hit head on spent about a week in the hospital and that is when he really was doing a lot of you know thinking and and thought really hard about what he really really wanted to do with his life and he decided he wanted to pursue music so when the pandemic hits his wife's telling him about this app called tiktok and he didn't really have much interest in it uh but she was filming him sing and she would kind of film him you know randomly and put these videos up and they start doing really well And one of the videos gets thousands of views, 20,000 views, and it hits near a million views. And that's when Brandon's like, well, maybe this is really something. His wife encourages him to start putting his own music up on on these platforms. They end up putting out his first single, and it does amazing. Goes number 24 on the iTunes charts. He talks to us about seeing the success his songs were doing online, putting out his first EP, doing his first tour of the United States all about his new record and this tour he has with Tim McGraw. You can watch our interview with Brandon on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel. If you'd like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we'd love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Brandon Davis. I appreciate you doing this. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Uh, My name's Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Sounds great, man. I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. I I love your story. I mean, I I did a little homework on you and uh, just I can't wait to hear all about this kind of this new venture, really. I mean, it kind of within the past couple of years really uh, turned yeah. quite, quite massively for you. So I'm excited to, to hear all about it. Um, I did read from Chattanooga originally. Yes, sir. Born and raised. Born and raised, man. Awesome. I just moved to Nashville. Uh, well, south Nash, south of Nashville, I should say. Um, with my family a little over a year ago now from Southern California. So it's quite a change, okay. but we love it here, man. It's amazing. 
Yeah, I spent a little bit of time out in California. I was out in Lone Pine, though. I was in the middle of the desert. So Okay. <laughs> well, tell me about growing up in Chattanooga. Uh, well, growing up here, man, we had really it was a little bit of everything because you're not far from anywhere you want to go. You got Knoxville an hour and a half mm-hmm. one way, Atlanta to our south, Nashville two and a half north. So anywhere we wanted to go, we had a, a quick, easy trip down there, too, which for me was great because of baseball. We traveled everywhere oh. playing baseball. Okay. And uh, growing up in my house, it was either baseball, music, or superheroes. That was the three. That was my trifecta. So that's amazing. That's my household currently. I've got, <laughs> I, know, I know you have four kids. I've got two. Uh, and superheroes are huge in my house. And baseball is another big one. And, of course, music as well. Oh, yeah. It's around here. It's all about Batman and Spider-Man when it comes to superheroes, which I can't say it was any different in my house growing up. <laughs> I was going to say, it's pretty, pretty same here. Spider-Man's a big one here in our house. Oh yeah. I've got a two year old, but that the only way I can get him to wear normal clothes is to tell him they are his Peter Parker clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That is brilliant. That's the only way it. Otherwise it has got to be a spotty shirt or his spotty costume. His, oh his man. Of course. Everything is color-coded on accordance of red, blue, and black. Oh, there you go. Spider-Man colors that he adheres (laughs) to, and he has to associate whatever he's doing with Spider-Man some way, somehow. That's amazing. That is so amazing. So baseball is big for you. Is that something that you did all through, you know, your, I mean. Yeah, man. That that, that was a year-round thing for years. Uh, Growing up, me and my dad traveled all over the Southeast. We traveled some of the some of the Northeast and just a little bit to the West, just constantly playing baseball from the time I was, you know, four years old until I was 15 with travel ball and mm-hmm. continued it through high school and on into college for a year. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, the shoulder didn't hold out as long as what I wanted it to. So back uh, are you a pitcher? I was a pitcher. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I used to be able to bring it about 95, but that was uh, wow. a rotator cuff and whatever else is going on in there ago. So uh, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, if you could throw 95, I, how hard were you throwing in high school? I'm just curious now. Uh, somewhere around 90, 92. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's unreal. I went to high school. I, the Eric Chavez who ended up playing for the A's and I think he was on the Yankees for a bit. Uh, yeah. he, he was a bit old. He was older than me, but he went to the same high school as me and my neighbor was a pitcher and he was really good. I mean, he got, went college and did, uh, he, I think he played in, in Europe, some European league for a while and he was a pitcher and he was really good. He couldn't throw it in, in the nineties, but I remember going to a game when his team played against the high school I ended up going to and Chavez was on the team and Chavez homered off him every at bat. It was like insane to watch. Like the level of from what I thought, yeah, how good he was to like the these guys in the MLB was like insane. But ninety five, man, you had a chance. That's crazy. Yeah, we we had a chance. We just uh, the right doors didn't open, so I, I decided to go after after the degree. I knew that was something stable I could land on. Mm-hmm. I, I played music all my life because I watched okay. my dad play gospel and country. Oh, actually awesome. toured around the country doing gospel music and played just about anywhere local you can think of when it came to country from the eighties and probably part of the seventies all the way up until say late nineties, early two thousands. Wow. But I mean, I had it around me my whole life. It went back to my mama and papa. They were like a little gospel Johnny and June, just traveling around with a guitar and a tambourine. Really? Dolly. Oh, making her hey, Dolly. Uh, great name too. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> My dog's outside the door. So, but I love dogs. Keep, keep her there. It's all good. Um, <laughs> uh, no, man, I, I, I fell in love with music early on and, it was always something that I watched my dad do to where I thought it was professional. Cause I mean, to me, my dad's up on stage singing. That was, mm-hmm. that was the dream that I, I wanted. And it was either that or find a way into the MLB. And I didn't make my way into the MLB, but uh, I played talent shows and everything growing up uh, at school. I, every chance I got to hop on stage with my dad, I would do it. And we actually formed a country band that was family based back in 2010 Really and kept it together for about 10 years. Uh, we just played locally at a little opera house that we had opened in Birchwood. But that's incredible. Gave me a chance to take all these songs I was writing and all the music that I wanted to share with people. And it gave me at least one little outlet that I could say, okay, well, at least these people get a chance to listen to my music. Sure. And, uh, sure. But the, well, I mean, it's one of those things like music is a very tricky beast to try and find your way to to wrangle and tame mm-hmm. and getting into the profession of it was something I never really, I never really found the right Avenue for. I couldn't understand where I needed to start my foundation and kind of kick off. Mm-hmm. And so I went after the degree, I got the degree, got the job, actually moved out uh, to California for a little bit and worked out there, worked in Montana, found my way back to Chattanooga eventually. And, you know, wound up meeting the woman of my dreams had two kids already in the picture and we settled in and just started the whole family life with, you know, good enough job to, you know, stabilize and support us all. Mm-hmm. And you think you've got it made at that point, you know, sure. why, why do you need to keep pushing towards anything else when, you know, this seems like the perfect life. Yeah, you got a good situation going. Exactly. But, uh, 2019 came around and, that day to day that I thought was really taking care of my life kind of just had a, a big roadblock thrown in the middle of it. I got hit head on by a distracted driver and uh, it just really put things in perspective because I had to have life, life saving, excuse me, life saving surgery. Oh my God. And you have one of those kind of wake up calls that show you, Hey, look, everything that's going on around you is, stuff you have to tend to very closely and understand that it's not something you get to hold on to indefinitely. Mm -hmm. One moment you're living life, the next moment it can be gone. And we're not guaranteed anything more than the breath we're breathing at the second that we are actually taking it. Mm -hmm. And I sat there really thinking about why everything had happened, why the wreck took place. I couldn't understand it. I had that case of, you know, why me, why, why, everything that's happened in my life. Why me for this situation? Mm -hmm. And my wife kept telling me, look, you don't understand it now, but one day you're going to, I can't tell you when I can't tell you where Mm -hmm. or even how, but you're going to understand it. And it's going to make sense. And I said, well, the biggest thing for me right now is that I can't, I can't get it out of my head that there's so much I haven't done to this point. And I just about lost any chance at being able to do those things. And I tell my kids every day, ever since they were old enough to understand more than just the fact that, hey, we're trying to give you food and drink. Like, look, you're, you're growing up. You're going to become a whole new person with your own personal uh, means of taking on this life and your own personality. Like, take this life by the horns and live your dreams. If you're going to chase your dreams and chase your goals, you're going to you're going to be able to achieve them because nobody can tell you no. Mm-hmm. 
and wow. I was not doing the same. I, I figured out real quick that I was setting my own roadblocks and kind of being my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, the one dream I haven't really attempted to do anything with is music. I was like, it's still there. I still constantly write songs and sing, but I'm not doing anything with it. I'm just kind of running around in circles. Mm-hmm. She said, okay, well then let's chase it. She said, let's take this chance right now and do it. She wow. said, there's no better time than right now too. So let's go on ahead and see what we can make happen. And we started posting stuff on YouTube and Facebook and didn't really have a whole lot of hits, but that was the avenue that we kind of figured out, Hey, there's social media access. There's mm-hmm. obviously more people online going to see us than just a few people down the road. Right. And we got local gigs. We started at a few local restaurants and said, yeah, we'd love to have you come out and play a live set, you know, feel free to do what you want. And were you doing like covers at this point or were you playing coming into uh, these restaurants and playing it, original, original stuff? A lot of it to get out there was covers just because you got to, I guess, make more of a face for yourself than you do so much right out the gate saying, Hey, here's me, my new music. Y'all don't know who I am, but I right. Especially in a restaurant setting, I would imagine they want probably, you know, you to play some hits that the, the, yeah. the, the, the patrons will be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll get this one or whatever. And then maybe sprinkle in some of your original stuff throughout the set, maybe. Yeah. And, and I did, I would throw in just a couple just to see what the reaction would be. Yeah. And, uh, after, you know, a little while of getting into it, we thought, Oh, this is going great. We've got live shows. We can actually make something happen with this. And then mm-hmm. boom, pandemic hits. And all those live shows just go out the window. I want to touch on a couple of things before we continue moving forward, if that's cool with you. Um, one is the car accident that you were in. I was also in a, in a gnarly car accident. It's got a, it was in 2010. Now I was hit by a drunk driver on the freeway. It was insane, but I walked away from it. And even walking away from the, the accident, like I had PTSD as far as driving for years. Like I ended up moving to San Francisco and I did just sold my car. Like I just wouldn't drive. Like, I mean, to be in your situation where it was light years worse, as far as like you were like in a hospitalized and, and everything else, like how did you kind of compartmentalize and like deal with that? I mean, I, for me, it was really, really difficult. Well, to be honest, I just kind of got it in my head. Like, look, you got to keep doing what you got to do. You still got to get to work. You still got to be able to transport children everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere you go. So I just kind of put it in the back of my head and pushed forward. And I'm not going to lie that the red light that it all happened at for a little bit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go past that red light. I wouldn't turn at that street. Yeah. I try to avoid it, but. I, I did the same. I wouldn't take the exit. I, I had to just pass the exit because it was right before the exit to my house. And I would always do everything I could to, to avoid it, like on the freeway. And like, I mean, I could see exactly where you're coming from. Like, yeah, I don't want to go that light. Like, it's just, it's just this weird, like eerie sense when you kind of get near it again. When you were in the, how long were you hospital? I don't know if you even want to talk about this. I'm just curious. Uh, Well, I was in the hospital for a little over a week and uh, finally got back home and was having to be at home on rest for another week or so after that. Uh, And it's, I'm very stubborn and kind of hard headed. So it Uh was very hard to, try and keep me resting, I guess was my biggest thing. So I was yeah. trying my best to find ways to keep moving and keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm always wanting to be in the gym and active. And at the time it was almost adult league baseball season. So I was really pushing myself to try and be ready because it happened in February. The season started at the end of March. And I was like, you know, you got this big 
you know, cut down the middle of your abs, you're not going to be able to get up and move too quick. Sure. And I, I, within a few weeks, I just started slowly rehabbing myself, getting back in the gym, walking and uh, trying to jog or, you know, do some light, light weight just to keep my body moving and keep everything from feeling like it's just been bedridden for too long. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the scariest part was like I had a I had a horrible sinus infection. They had a tube stuck up in my nose uh-huh. and it had blocked my sinuses. I could I lost my voice there for a little bit. And oh, wow. It got to where, you know, I still had a show. I still had shows I was having to play at the opera house we had at the time. Uh-huh. So I was trying my best to get in shape because it talked about horrible timing. At the same time I was in the hospital, my dad had went in for surgery on a malignant tumor back behind his oh. eye. Oh my God. He was uh, one of our lead singers too in the, in the band and kind of our band leader. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he wound up going into the hospital. The surgery went a little less as planned than what it probably could have. And uh-huh. he, he sat in the hospital for a good long while. Oh uh, all the while that I was getting out of it. And uh, it, it was a, it was a time that I was, number one, worried about him getting back to, to health. I had a right. show I had to carry on for him and trying to get myself back in shape, a voice back in shape, find a way to, you know, help my father stay motivated to get him out of the hospital. And it was a it was a rough, rough little road there for a fact. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. I hope your dad's okay. That's, that's oh, yeah. scary. He, he, pulled, he pulled through and I'll, I'll be honest, the, the miracle of what all he's capable of now compared to where he was at is outstanding. That's incredible. That is incredible to hear. Um, real quick, even to go back further, just because I'm, I'm curious, I didn't hear. Uh, how did you, I mean, obviously your, your grandparents were into music. Your dad is obviously into music. What was the first instrument you learned and how old were you when that happened? Well, if my dad had had it his way, it would have been a guitar at around the age of 11 or 12, but okay. I wasn't a very still child. I was constantly <laughs> wanting to do something. Okay. Everything involved being outside uh, right. playing ball or inside doing something with baseball. And he just could, <clears throat> he couldn't keep my attention long enough. He would sit me down on the couch and I'd make it through like five minutes of a lesson and be like, all right, I really want to go do something. Like I'm like, <laughs> five minutes. It's killing me. Right. Uh, but finally, I guess it was 10th grade, maybe 11th grade. I was sitting down in class and they were making a sign up for the next semester of courses. And they said, you have to take a fine arts course. That's the only one you got to take all of high school. Here's your selection. And I saw a guitar class. I was like, hmm, well, maybe if I have to actually make a grade on it, I'll actually learn. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I sat down and took the guitar class, and that was actually where I picked up, you know, just the basics of how to how to make a chord and work my way around the neck a little bit, and finally had a good enough understanding to where I could start picking up other traits. And from there, I never put it back down. Oh wow! So you um, were writing songs throughout high school, then, or once you completed the class or learned some chords, well, like is I that when you started writing? Songs- I was writing songs around 2007. So in eighth grade, I started writing. I oh. didn't have anything to play with to actually write. Mm-hmm. But I just kept the tune in my head and I'd make a recording and then go wow. to my dad and start singing and say, hey, help me find the chords that match what I'm singing here. And that's really? That's how it went there for, a good, I guess, three years. Wow. Do you have any of those recordings still? Oh, yeah. I've, that's I've cool. Just about every single one of them between old cell phones, old voice recorders, uh, pen and paper from writing stuff down. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. So coming forward here, you 
obviously the the car accident was a big thing and then which turned into you really what pursuing music more and that's when the the youtube thing started going on and facebook and then you ended up getting these gigs and everything changed what during the pandemic or like well, tell me that kind of it kind of slowed us down because the live shows were really our at the time our avenue of getting out there mm-hmm. we started trying to do like facebook live and a few things like that but we just weren't getting a whole lot of traction Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, my wife found a new app called TikTok. She was scrolling through saying people were promoting music. I was like, look, I've seen advertisements on Facebook and different things like that. I was like, all I see are people doing crazy dances and like trying to crack jokes or magic tricks and all this stuff. It's like, I got two left feet and dad jokes. Nobody wants to see me on that app. I promise you. And she hounded me about it for a little bit until finally she kind of had me cornered in the car. We were on our way back from a Father's Day trip up to Pigeon Forge. Mm-hmm. And she said, look, I've got you in the car for two and a half hours. I'm going to put the camera on you and you're going to sing. I don't care what you sing. I don't care how long of what you want to sing is, you know, just sing it. It's like, okay. So I just started singing and she started filming it. When we got back home, she did uh, a couple of videos at the house where I, I think I did like voice impressions and sang a couple of original songs. And uh, then the next night she came up to me, it was probably 10 o'clock at night. And I, I was wearing like basketball shorts, a cutoff shirt and a ball cap going to the fridge and grabbing a bottle of water. We'd finally got all the kids in bed and I was like, it's Sunday evening. I'm just ready to lay down. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed this bottle of water and I hear coming up behind me, her stomping little feet and baby, baby, baby. <laughs> Sing Brad Paisley, sing Dirk Bentley, sing Chris Stapleton. And I just turned around and thought, okay, well, I guess if she's wanting me to sing those particular artists, I'll just try to sing like that artist. Why not? Mm-hmm. And I sang the first song that came to mind for each of them. And the next day, she's showing me a screen on her phone and says, hey, look at this. Look what I did. I was like, well, what? She goes, I've been posting your videos on TikTok. And guess what? They're <laughs> actually doing pretty good. Wow. That's kind of neat. She goes, yeah, the first few didn't really hit off that much. She goes, but look at this one from last night. And I was like, oh, it's got 1,600 views. She said, yeah. I was like, that is incredible. That's more than anything we've had on any platform. She's like, yeah, see, I told you. It's pretty cool, ain't it? I was like, yeah, look, we got like 100 followers. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And she, I was like, you know what? Let, let me see the the login info for this. I'm going to download it on my phone. I'm going to look at it. <laughs> so I got to work and logged in. and. Like a few hours had went by and I texted her. I was like, Hey, have you checked this out? She goes, what about it? I was like, that video you posted has got 20,000 views. And I was kind of freaking out on my end. She's like, that's, that's pretty awesome. I was like, yeah, it's incredible. And uh-huh. by the afternoon it had grown and we were hitting close to a million and followers were coming in by the thousands. And within a week, I think we had hit over 180,000 followers from this one video popping off and all these other videos that we were streamlining behind it. Wow. She looked at me and said, okay, look, it had been about three weeks since we had started three to four weeks. And we had close to 300,000 followers. She said, look, this is your moment that your music is finally going to have a chance to take off. She goes, if you want to do this, now is the time. Mm -hmm. She goes, so tell me, is this hundred percent what you want to chase after you want to chase after music? Yeah, let's do it. And from there, I mean, it's been countless days of just, you know, throwing content up there of our daily lives and singing wherever and whenever and, you know, sharing original music to the point that now we've got, I think, 14 songs out since all this happened in a little over a year and a half's time. 
and it's just been an incredible, crazy roller coaster between, you know, touring across the country on our own tour to now we're getting ready to set sail on a tour with the one and only Tim McGraw. That's so crazy. All from the power of just people being willing to interact with you on social media. Can you imagine yourself like when you, after you took that guitar class and you now coming back and be like, Hey, good thing you took this class because in X amount of years, you're going to be opening up for Tim McGraw. You're like, what? (laughs) You couldn't have told me this and made me believe it in any shape or form. (laughs) Like that. To go back in time and tell my, my younger self any of what's going on and say, believe it or not, that Facebook app that you can't stand to get on, it's going to be huge for you. Or, you know, you're going to be on it all the time and using it for, for work. And the fact that a app the name TikTok would even exist back then, I just, it blows my mind to see where it's at because I, I was never a big social media guy. I never really got in front of a camera unless my mama forced me to for like family pictures and to see how something like, you know, just getting on a social media app and sharing your life with folks can change your life in such a dramatic way. It's incredible. So you started off on, on TikTok with getting this following based off of cover songs. And that kind of is what people were, were drawing to. Right. And then did you continue doing the covers? For a, a little bit or like when do you drop your first like original song and what was that like and were you worried about you know not getting the same reaction you were from the covers well we did covers a lot on tiktok just because it was what people were familiar with mm-hmm. and it helped kind of give us a uh, a starting point to really kind of take off like you know hey look here's a song i love i hope y'all love it too come watch the video of me showing you how I do it. Mm-hmm. And that, that sparked a lot of people coming in and saying, look, I love your covers, but do you have any original music? Okay. And when the conversation starts, then you can start kind of sprinkling it in there. And we had several videos early on that we put up there of some of my original stuff and same with YouTube. Then finally, I guess we had been on, we got on in June of 2020 for the mm-hmm. first time. And by November of 2020, we actually had the chance to finally start promoting and getting ready for the release of my very first single, which was a a song called God Made Angels. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit of a little bit of a call to the times because it was a big time of uncertainty. Everybody was kind of running around like, hey, how do we adjust to this new lifestyle that we're having to deal with? And it was also like, look, even though there's a lot of things that you now can't count on, here's one thing you can Mm-hmm. and or the two things you can and that's the good lord above and the ones you love you know they're always going to be there for you so if you can hold to those two things the rest of what's going on around you it really don't matter mm-hmm. and it gave us a chance to now have a platform to say look i've got a song that i've wrote amongst all these others that i've written before here's a new one that i want to share with y'all that i hope you know maybe it connects with you maybe it connects with someone you know either way it's a chance for me to try and connect with everybody through my music and i hope you enjoy it and thankfully, a lot of people did. We came out with our first single uh, hitting number 24 on the iTunes charts. And it was it was just it was a moment for me thinking like, wow, not only have I had the chance to share my music, but now I have music that is released, like I have officially released music. And we didn't know how to do that either. I mean, we 
had a producer actually out of Nashville that was from Ohio originally named Jacob Frisch that came in and said, look, man, I love what you're doing. Love your stuff. I would love to work with you and help produce a track for you. And that was where we got the idea to even really first started, start getting music out. And so I showed him the track. He was like, look, I'm going to comp the production. I just want to be able to help you make good music and find you some good pickers to get on here and play some music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he got a amazing track together. Me and my wife had to figure out how to record vocals here at the house. Cause despite having a producer, he was in Nashville where COVID was not really allowing very much, you know, yeah. contact. Mm-hmm. So I can't have you in the studio, but if you can record it at your house, send it to me, I'll do the rest from here. And so we went and bought, uh, whatever we could recording equipment, a little Scarlet solo and whatnot, and had no uh-huh. idea what we were doing. She watched YouTube videos on how to run pro tools so that she could run it while I recorded the vocals. That's awesome. Set up a sound booth in the master bedroom closet, uh, with a mic stand I was using for shows and I pulled it together, got him on a FaceTime call and recorded the track. And it, wow. was, it was incredible. And for the next few songs, that's kind of how we had to do it. We didn't have access for much else and um, got a little bit of a better microphone. Finally, that, that was our, <laughs> our hindrance in the start. Okay. But got a better microphone, stayed set up in the closet and uh, had our little at-home studio going, recording the first few singles. But it, it was, it for me, it was just really cool. I was like, this might not be an actual studio, but this is incredible. Like I'm recording music that I get to release. Mm-hmm. and having TikTok and Facebook and Instagram now that to be able to set all these up and promote them and show people like, Hey, I've got new music coming out. Y'all share this and tell me what you think. And to have actual folks coming in, showing their love and their support through comments and sharing the videos and popping into live feeds. It, it, it just showed me a whole new world that prior to all this taking off, I, I had no clue it even existed. Mm-hmm. What a way to validate what you've been, you know, what you want in your dream too, to put out your first single and having it do so well. I mean, 24 on the iTunes charts, is, that's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was mind boggling, man. Like we weren't, we didn't know what to expect whenever we finally got the release out and we were just thankful that it released and that we knew some people were going to hear it. But I mean, it, it did well and it, it really, it really shocked us to see kind of out of the gate, the kind of spark that it was having and, it really gives you drive when you see something like that, it inspires you to want to do more and more and keep it going. And mm-hmm. we, we haven't slowed down since. When, when that song does really well, or even with the TikTok success in the beginning, are record labels and managers and people kind of reaching out to you at this point and saying like, Hey, I see, you know, you got something going on here. Like what's yeah, up? We've definitely had some, uh, some management reach out over time and really it's a, it's a question for us on, you know, what, what is the right place and right time for each of them? Is this, you know, what decisions are the best to keep you pushing forward? And so far we've, uh, we've signed up with a publishing deal and uh, got label services through Big Yellow Dog. And they've been really great to us, really good group of folks. And uh, my wife has been taking on the full-blown manager duties for wow. quite a while now. So uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the managers that do reach out, or have reached out in the past. I, I'm like, look, she's already got all this going. Like what? Yeah. What well, can you bring? <laughs> what, what are you bringing to the table that makes this more beneficial? Right. And the biggest thing is too, like I, she has such a deep investment in this on, on the management standpoint that it's just keeping, 
keeping her active is it's part of it. Mm-hmm. Like she loves it just as much as I do. And it keeps I love that. her her involvement is what keeps this fire going because she's she's the business. I'm the voice. And if I didn't have her business and smarts on that end, yeah, I'd just that's all I'd be as a voice. <laughs> so that's that's exactly how this podcast is, man. <laughs> My wife is the <laughs> the manager and the business, and I'm the, the guy in the front. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, that's, I love that. I love that you're, you and your wife are doing this, this journey together. I think that's so cool. When do you start touring and, you know, going across the country and playing? Well, so we've been going across the country on our own. Uh, this is, we're actually on the last leg of the step-by-step door, which has mm-hmm. been carrying on since this past summer. And we've, I mean, we've traveled from here to California, Texas, um, Washington state, Virginia, Indiana, Illinois. I mean, anywhere you can, Anywhere you can just about think, aside from a few states, we've been trying to travel to each one of them. I've got a map of the 50 states that I still have to fill up that she made. Oh, that's awesome. From each of them. But we've uh, we've been doing that for a while. We've actually got a, a run we're getting ready to, to do in Texas again. And mm-hmm. we're going to set out on a East Coast tour with Tim McGraw for 17 yeah. different cities. That's uh, insane. Six weeks. And they'll start on April the 29th in Rogers, Arkansas. That is incredible. When do you start, like once the success starts happening and you put out the single, like how quickly then do you go, hey, we should get on the road and play, you know, to, to everyone around the country? Well, the way that really happened was just people started reaching out. And it wasn't the fact that we were just like, hey, let's just take up and go. We just all of a sudden started getting emails of, Hey, I'm in Michigan. Do you care to come play a show here? Hey, I'm in Georgia. Do you care to come down and play a show here? What's your, you know, what's your price to do this? And is it going to be acoustic or full band? And we've been traveling, doing acoustic shows all on the basis of people just saying, Hey, we love what you're doing and we'd love to have you out for, for a wow. show. So that that's been the incredible part of it is that it's just time after time, folks reaching out saying that they love what we're doing and want to be a part of it. That's so, so we've cool. been blessed in that factor. For sure. For sure. Um, you also have your record coming out with, you know, and, and, and you have single coming out or no, the single already came out, right? And toward yeah. the 18th. And then you have your record coming out next month, which yep. is huge. Tell me about that. Man, it's the debut single. And we had a, we had a lot of, a lot of love shown to us on the EP we released back in September of 2021. Mm-hmm. And this upcoming album has got it's got songs that mean so much to me just because of the the heart that went into the writing of them as well as just some fun you know happy-go-lucky songs that really just get you either moving laughing a little bit or you know bobbing your head or one there's one that's on there it just makes you want to grab your friends and go to a bar and drink just because you want to have a good time (laughs) and it's it's got so much for so many different avenues of people to be able to connect with. You've got the ones that are going to tug on the heartstrings, the ones that are just going to, you know, kind of reach down and touch your soul a little bit. The ones that are going to make you think, you know, Hey, this is, this is exactly how my life goes on a daily basis. Or the ones that say, man, I live that. Like that's, that's my story. Might be a lot of other people's, but that's my story. And that's, that's the, that's the amazing part of the art form that comes with this album and the writers that were a part of it and the producers as well is that each song had its own life breathed straight into it. And there was a lot of, uh, a lot of personal stories as well as just 
stories that we felt connected with a, a broader range of people that were poured into these songs. And I, I think once people get a chance to hear the wide array of what we've put on this thing, they're going to be hopefully blown away like we were when we finally got to hear everything as one whole project. That's amazing. And congratulations on all the success and everything. It's, it's so incredible to see, you know, everything that's going on. And I love like going back. I remember what I was talking about before, uh, just like how authentic you are online. I mean, there's something to be said about that. And I think that's why people gravitate towards you. Like, Oh my God, you know, he's a songwriter, but then he's got, all, you know, you're involved with your wife and your kids and you're showing all this online and you just kind of have like this open book to, you know, behind the curtain look to you and your, in your family. I just think that's such an amazing, you know, thing for, for people to see and for your fans to see. I greatly appreciate it, man. I mean, it's, it, for us, it's just literally wanting to, to just share who we are. We don't try to create anything that we aren't. We don't try to make any kind of curtain be pulled as to say, Hey, we're going to show everybody this fictional little mm -hmm. group that we've created and we want y'all to come and watch this you know little reality show we've written it's right. just hey this is the day-to-day -day. sometimes it's crazier than others <laughs> sometimes the kids are in good moods sometimes they're not we're all <laughs> trying to have fun and make the best out of what we can while we're doing it so yeah i love it i love it i'm i'm quick uh I've just got a couple more quick questions here. I'm curious to know about your, your, your dad. You said that he was kind of the band leader and he was in your band for a while. And you got this band that started in 2010 and, you know, tell me about his reaction to the success you're having. And also has he been a part of playing any of these shows or playing on the record with you at all? Well, my dad was, uh, he, he was a big inspiration on the songwriting part of anything I've done because he's the one that showed me how to write songs. He's the one that really, kind of gravitated me towards making sure that a song tells a story and has a means of connection. He said, if you can reach out with a song and touch one person and connect with them, he said, you've done your job. And he, he tried his shot at it back in the eighties and it didn't go the way he wanted, but he kept playing music, just never really searched for it as a actual profession. Mm -hmm. And now that all this has happened, he's, you know, he's, I always try to keep him in the loop. We have a, a system to where every morning around 7:35 a.m. he gives me a call. He's on his way to work. We get our nice good morning conversation. Get all the updates in as to what's going on. You know how how's life in his world and mine. And it it it's always heartwarming to me to realize how much it means to him to hear about all this stuff and how involved he wants to still be. And he's always pitching me lines, trying to keep me you know keep the songwriting juices flowing and. It's it's incredible because the man that I've watched, you know, do this for years is now trying his best to make sure he helps me in any way he can to keep it going on my end. And for me, that's special and it always will be. That's huge. That's huge. Has he have you pulled him up on stage yet? Not yet. Not yet. He's uh, we pulled him into a couple of videos. I finally caught, caught him singing along with me. We did a little duet at the house. <laughs> uh, well, at my parents' house, probably a month or so back, and my wife was like, "That perfect opportunity." <laughs> and uh, he he's never been one to like love getting in front of a camera, right? He he loves being on stage, and there's there's so many so many times that I got to spend you know sharing a stage with him and my brother and my cousin. 
and my uncle, you know, all of us being up there up uh, on the stage playing music that we love for, it was usually the same old group of people, but it was people that came there just because they wanted to hear us. And mm-hmm. uh, I look forward to hopefully being able to get my dad to come up on stage with me one more time. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I really appreciate your time, Brandon. This has been so cool. Um, my last quick question for you is if you have any advice for aspiring artists, man, it, it, it's always the same advice. It's just follow your heart, love what you do. And if you don't love what you're doing and you can't honestly say that in your heart, this is what you're aspiring to do. You're not going to get far with it because there's too many people that I feel like chase after music with the idea of making money with it. And you can make money with it. That's, Overall, that is a big goal within it is to be able to do what you love, love what you do and have that be what supports you. But if you go in it thinking, I got to make a bunch of money by doing music instead of I'm going in this because I love this and I've got the drive to do it. And I hope somebody sees that I've got this spark and wants to do something with it. The first avenue of chasing the dollar compared to chasing your heart, it's it's definitely going to hinder you more than it's going to help. If you chase your heart, the dollar comes. It, it, you know, hard work is what makes money and hard work comes from, you know, a heart that's willing to do so. And that's my biggest advice is just really following your heart and doing what you love, because that's where you're going to find that life starts to actually, you know, move more in your direction and God's plan is going to fall out exactly where it needs to. 